podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Life's too short to settle for the same old things. Whether you're picking up a new hobby or checking out that hot new restaurant in town, movement keeps your look and lifestyle fresh with sleek, ultra-clean watches at a price that won't break your budget. With a wide range of fresh modern designs and industry-leading materials, life never gets old with a movement on your wrist. Make your everyday sidekick for life's adventures a movement watch. Get 20% off at MVMT.com with code SLEEK. That's MVMT.com, code SLEEK. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm once again joined by Lawrence Conley. Well Lawrence, you were here yesterday to talk about the St Johnson game. Today uh, we're going on to the second of our transfer bulletins where we'll be asking the big question, will Celtic keep their prized assets? Uh, but now that the dust has settled after yesterday, Lawrence, and you've had a chance to look back on the action, which I know you do, uh, what's your thoughts? You know, it, it was relief now, now can kind of come down off the ceiling. So I've watched the game twice on Sky Replay and I've watched the highlights twice on uh, Sports Scene. You know, it was hard work, but the team kept going. It's great to have Griff back, isn't it? What a performance. The referee, Nick Walsh, it just gets worse and worse on every view. <laughs> you know, his performance. The media coverage, surprise, surprise, you'd have thought, there was no, or there was only David Turnbull's bad tackle in the game. When, when they go back to highlight it, how can you focus on that when when you think about the terrible tackles? Just let's pick one player from the St Johnston team, Davidson. <laughs> you know, if that boy had four red cards, he, he was lucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it was that it was that brutal. But even in, when Paddy scores, they just brush over that tackle. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that, that was horrendous. I mean, that belongs in the NFL. Or, see, what's that Vinnie Jones film where they take out the prison mortars in a game of football? <laughs> what it's is that, that kind called? of tackle, isn't it? Oh, wait a minute. Is it Mean Machine or something? Mean Machine, aye. But it's in fact, that, Simon, kind of Simon Weir was in that film, as you know. Yes, big Simon. Old Simon. A teammate of yours in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in uh, Old Firm Legends in the Celtic side, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He the is. Guy, Simon. Uh, he's, a, he's a decent big player as well. Better than that, that, that fullback they've got for five. Oh aye, <laughs> aye. We'll not get into that though, because yeah, the next time we play, remember, I'll be at, at peak fitness, Lawrence. It's been that long. Well, you'll be short of match fitness, mate. Aye, but I mean, talking of which, Lee Griffiths, right? Let's have a wee talk about it, the impact that he made, and we were uh, talking time and time again 
about uh, the fact that he's better than uh, a youngster on the bench. And I'm not taking anything away from the youth because it's so important to develop them. But at this stage of the game, in this season of all seasons, on a Celtic state of mind, we're crying out for Lee Griffiths and Tommy Roderick to, to get back into that first-team squad. I was delighted to see the pair of them making an appearance yesterday. Well, on the way through here, I was talking to Kevin Tate at the penalty spot. You know, Kevin knows a lot of ex-players and he pointed out something great about Griff. It's like, it's just the knowledge and his gamemanship. He's just, he's at, he knows the game so well, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. You can see Paddy's got a lot to learn. The shift that Griff put in when he was on the park was fantastic. We didn't even actually need him at match fitness because we only asked him to play a full match. You, you, yeah. you know, he could run about for that period of time and he wasn't going to blow himself out because he's he's up there. Uh, he was so happy to score. Almost as happy as I was when he scored. <laughs> you, you, you know, good to see Big Tom back. The players that are definitely going to add, they're, they're guys that have been over the course. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what it takes to win a treble. It's great to see that, isn't it? Or a treble after treble. It's not just that they know what it takes to win trophies, but they don't know what it takes to win a treble, then another treble, then another treble. Multiple trebles. Aye, it's, uh, it was just great to, to see them in the team having it such a positive effect. Turnbull, you know, a bit of a quieter game, I thought, than his 45 minutes. But, I mean, that was hard to play against. Any time we're getting any kind of fluidity in our attacks, it, it, it's just it was just brutal. And when we were closing them town, I mean, there was one Mohammed uh, El Hanous is just stand behind again. He falls over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was watching again this morning, and I got I can't even believe you. I've given a free kick for this ref. He's you, you know he's just standing behind him. He's putting a bit of pressure on. There's there's literally nothing in it. Uh, there was a few moments uh, when Shane Duffy was penalised as well. Lawrence for standing his ground or just challenging in the air. And then you look at um, quite a lot of the tackles that were coming in. The Klamala one was absolutely shocking. I mean, i seen it from a different angle this morning because Sky Sports certainly weren't showing us it from a different angle. And um, there's, a, there's a point coming through actually from um, from the, the viewers on social media in relation to the fact that when Davidson was finally yellow carded and the points coming in via Facebook and it's Tam Mannion so welcome to the show Tam when Davidson was finally yellow carded it was actually his fourth yellow card offence the first one against Frimpong you know and we didn't have the chance to see it again Lawrence but we were screaming for a red card we were screaming for a red and obviously we're aware that We've got a certain bias being Celtic fans. Yeah. But, you know, I've watched it twice. That's where yeah, watching the, the it at night, yeah, exactly, you get a wee bit of time watched, to think about it. So, yeah. I watched it last night on the Sky recording, you know, on the Virgin Box, watched the sports scene, and then I watched both of them again this morning. Yeah. And no, I still think that first, first tackle was off the park. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so exasperating. You, t- to see that Scottish football so backward, mm-hmm. or, or, or the way that actually sell to get treated. Let's just call it out for what it is. You've got it's, to. It's, it's, it's not every game that this happens. No. Aberdeen versus Hibs, that'd be a sending off. Mm-hmm. If it happened against Rangers, you know, that's a sending off a ban and two or three weeks worth of stories about how St. Alfie get assaulted. You know, it happens against a Celtic player and we don't even get a replay in the camera. No. no. You know, it's... I, I was... Annoyed because when I went up, uh, when we went up to Perth, there, I was thinking back to the one 0 game when Ryan Christie scored the free kick, uh, one off, if not the last game I was at actually before the lockdown. I would need to check that. 
um, up at McDermott in the Cup. And, you know, St Johnson were well organised. They always were under Tommy Wright as it was back then. And we've seen it again through Kilmarnock this season. We've seen it with Livingston, St Mirren. Teams are well organised, even in Europe, the last two games against Sarajevo and um, Riga as well, where they can defend well. And what I didn't like about yesterday's performance, I don't mind teams lining up like that because the onus is then on us. It's on us to break them down. People say it's anti-football. Sometimes it's the only football these teams can play every single point as a prisoner. Um, to these teams so you think to yourself right I get that however what St Johnson done differently was um, the the discipline or the indiscipline of their players they're going to hurt somebody and unfortunately yesterday it looked as though it was going to be Frimpong if they continue to tackle like that the tackle on Klamala again could have been a sending off yeah it's just it's so bad mm-hmm. it's almost beyond belief that most of the no, you think they talk about oh, you know, the sixties. Those tackles were common. You got a wee fright there, did you? Got a fright there because you seen Cavani standing outside Celtic Park I know, I was signing autographs. I was like, Wait a minute, signing autographs. Come to his senses and <laughs> Sky Sports really just pulled the rug from under our feet there, Lawrence, because um, Cavani was just shown outside Celtic Park and the period's done a double take. <laughs> uh, but they're obviously running with the Man United story, aren't they? Aye, I think so. Yeah, I mean th- that, that tackle. You think Maddie, so? Is, uh, is that confirmed? Well, you know, I'm waiting for the, the phone to go and somebody send us a picture of him oh, outside Celtic Park just now. But uh, that tackle isn't. I can't. I can't remember a time it's ever been commonplace in football. A tackle like that, it's just so bad. But again, St Johnston only play that way because the ref allows him away with it. He books the boy early for the front pong tackle. Oh, I think it's a red. Tam Manion thinks it's a yellow, right? But he cards him early, right, mm-hmm. and stamps down on it. It's going to stop at Hampton for the rest of the 90 minutes, or Hampton as often. Mm-hmm. Certainly with Davidson, he'd have been off the park first half. Oh yeah, yeah so definitely. The rest of St John's players, you know, they would tone it down a bit. As you say, teams have, they've got to be organised, they've got to compete, but if the refs let them compete like that, and that's the only way they can compete, they're going to do it. You know, it's competitive nature. They'll keep pushing it, they'll you, keep you pushing push the it. Absolutely. The, the worst, for me, the worst decision was when we Frimpong went on a Maisie. I think he took on four players. He was probably fouled three times in that one uh, movement, all right? Initially, it was a bad tackle. He rode that challenge. Sometimes we say sometimes he can be a bit naive in riding the challenges rather than going down. But on a day like yesterday, I can see why he rode it, because we were getting nothing. He continues to go. Eventually, he's taken down just on the edge of the box. Now, he didn't. the referee didn't signal that he was playing advantage. Yep. Yet he pulls it back to the first offence, so we lose about fifteen yards. Yeah, it's so basic. Actually, it was funny. I was getting new blinds fitting in the house, and then Margaret from Brightside Blinds, she was in, and that's what she was doing. I'm not about. She's going. This is so basic. He sees that the final foul. He blows for it. He's, as you say, he hasn't signalled advantage, but he then decides to drag it back. I know. Does Margaret watch uh, a Celtic State of Mind, by the way? Yeah, she recognised me from, from it. I was just like, you're the guy from a podcast. Brilliant. I was like, well, I'm one of them. Brilliant, <laughs> you, you know. Love but, to hear it. It's, uh, Big shout out to Margaret. Yeah, Brightside Blind's done a good job, mate, you know. So I'm happy. Big Celtic fan. So was the, the guy who was with her installing it. But uh, yeah, it's it's so basic. From a refereeing point of view, isn't it? It's it's do you know the regulations? Basic and blatant. Um I mean, you know. The, the game I was in here before, the ref cut out a ball a pass for Celtic player. Mm-hmm. Remember it was at Dallas, cut it out. Yeah. So that's meant to be a, a drop ball for Celtic. Mm-hmm. 
no he lets the attack go for hips, wasn't it? Yeah, so so you, the, the, there's things that they're not even getting the, the laws of the game right. What what I'm not going to do, Lawrence, is throughout a season like this where we're going for our 10th consecutive league title, uh, potentially five trebles in a row, depending on how last season's um, Scottish Cup games go as well. You know, all I hear is, you know, how can referees be against or biased against Celtic when you are winning so many trophies? And I'm sorry, but you can't use that. That's not an argument. We're looking at the performance of that referee in isolation. We looked at the performance of Dallas against Dundee United in isolation, and you can pick holes in the performances quite easily. I mean, there's no consistency whatsoever. And it's right to highlight the um, poor performances of the officials. And I hope that Celtic do it as well. And there's other ways to do it. Obviously, you can do it at the time. I mean, the issue with Dallas with the 10 yards from a free kick. Um, Scott Brown came on late. And yesterday, maybe I was guilty of saying, you know, at least Brown can get on the top of this, this referee. There's other players in the park who should be doing it. Callum yep. McGregor should be doing it. Ayer should be doing it. Duffy, you know. And we need to get on to that, like, straight off the bat and put them under pressure. No, definitely. I think we do need to put the refs under pressure. We need to highlight it. There's things so blatant when they just don't apply the rules. And it's not that they don't know the rules. I'm pretty sure these guys go through some kind of graining and some kind of testing and have to pass a test on the rules. Mm-hmm. It's just that they seem to forget them when it comes <laughs> and, to Celtic. You in know. opportune times, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, they're kind of going, all right, he's filled up. The, I'm going to drag it back for that one. Or, all right, I cut that pass out. I'll just, I won't do the bounce ball. I'll, I'll play it. And, and if you look at a Clamala tackle, he doesn't signal his playing advantage then until the ball was in the net. No. So it, it doesn't look like we were going to get a free kick. You know, because he's made a signal advantage straight away. Yeah. The ball hits the back of the net, then he signaled he was playing advantage. You're going, well, where are you, ref? Because you know when you're made a signal advantage, I know when you're made a signal it. And you've not signalled it until Clamars hit the back of the net. There are other, even within the Celtic support, who continu- continu- continually, easy for me to say, that was a treble, and we're good at trebles in this show, um, use the quote from Jock Steen in relation to, if you're good enough, the referee doesn't matter. There's plenty of other quotes around about that time where Jock's team actually speaks about um, the officialdom of the SFA and the way that Celtic are treated. So I, I don't buy that for a moment. And also my big concern is going to be, yes, see when you're playing a team like, let's say, Dundee United, right? And you look at the fact that it was a last-minute goal and it was a Yeti that came on and made the difference. Then yesterday, yeah, two last-minute goals and Griffiths made the difference. Every single time we come up against issues like that, um, we can't expect always to win at the death and not always to be a hero. You would hope that we don't have to. Then you come up against, you know, the, the bigger teams, the more difficult fixtures, such as the next one we're going to play, Lawrence. And that's where I start to become concerned. Yeah, there's more scrutiny, simply because there's a bigger TV audience, because there's no fans in the ground. So you're looking at that performance yesterday from the officials, and you translate or transfer that to the next game we play against Rangers, that's when I start getting concerned. I know what happened in the next, next game. And, and it's, it's happened the past few seasons. Every time a Celtic player passes the ball, the Rangers player will collect them after it. Bang. Collect them after it. Collect them after it. Before like, long, that will take its toll on players. You know, that you'll run a bit slower. They get away with, with coming in after the ball's gone all the time. Remember that pass at Brown done? At Ibrox? That was cheered because... They, yeah, it was cheered. Yep. And then before they knew it, it stuck the ball in the back of the net. Exactly. But he collected Brown late. Mm-hmm. The ref never signalled advantage there either. You know, you, so we know what's going to happen. They're going to take a players late. They're going to get away with it. The first time a player 
does anything remotely late or a foul, who's getting booked? No, and as a concern, and listen, I'm not getting any excuses in early, Lawrence. I think if we go toe to toe with Rangers, we'll beat them. We've got a better team of players, and um, I think you know, yesterday, yeah, it wasn't the best. Um, Hibs previous to that in the league, we were looking good. We're still to click into top gear, but I still think we've got the personnel, even if it's a stodgy nothing each, to come on and make a difference. Um, I said yesterday actually that uh, we should start with two strikers. And I said it should be Eduard and Griffiths. It may have been the elation of the, the last minute victory. I'm going to stick with it. I think yep. that we Griff should start. Aye, I think you better start with him. We don't know how... Where a Jet is sitting, do we? In fitness-wise, you know, Lenny said he might be back, might not be. Lenny, will, he's not going to give too much away before the game, is he? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, talking of which, he doesn't give much away when it comes to signings either, Lawrence. Um, he made a comment after the game, and we're going to be speaking about those comments because we are looking at the, the transfer window at the moment. This is a second transfer bulletin. Uh, we were joined a couple of hours back from Colin Watt. I think, before we go any further, we need to say again, Sky Sports were a wee bit naughty there because we're sitting here with no sound and we see Cavani standing outside Celtic Park signing autographs. That's a bit cheeky. Uh, but of course, he's signing for Manchester United, isn't he? It's association, isn't it? They, they want to get him outside <laughs> a big club. Yeah, exactly. Now, the first thing that we're going to cover, Lawrence, is players that we've been linked to in this window. And there has been, um, in terms of the ones we've discussed in Axon, because I'm sure there's been a lot more, but we've we've discussed 18 different players. And that doesn't include the ones who went on to sign for us, because I know that we spoke about Duffy, we spoke about Ayeti, Turnbull, etc. Even Barkas, in advance of them coming in. So I want to look at some of the players that we've been linked to. I've already covered six with uh, Colin Watt. The next six that I'm going to confirm um, have a wee chat with yourself regarding is Robert Snodgrass, Casper Hoyer, Bright Osai Samuel, Mitchell Backer, Barry Douglas, James McCarthy. Now, when you look at that list of players, obviously the one that was quite a hot potato yesterday was Snodgrass. What was your thoughts on Snodgrass when that story started to develop yesterday? So we're struggling to break teams down. He's a winger. Life's too short to settle for the same old things. Whether you're picking up a new hobby or checking out that hot new restaurant in town, movement keeps your look and lifestyle fresh with sleek, ultra-clean watches at a price that won't break your budget. With a wide range of fresh modern designs and industry-leading materials, life never gets old with a movement on your wrist. Make your everyday sidekick for life's adventures a movement watch. Get 20% off at MVMT.com with code SLEEK. That's MVMT.com, code SLEEK. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think international is one in four goals, isn't he? He's a goal scorer. Mm. He can change games. Big Celtic fan. I'd want to see him come in, but without anyone leaving. I think he's it'd be great as an addition. So, so Col- Colin suggested Colin suggested that he would only come in if someone left. So, someone being probably Ryan Christie. I don't know the, the financials at Celtic Park. They need to have a buyer for Christie, wouldn't we? Before he goes, there doesn't seem to be a buyer there. So, I think. The board have looked at this and decided to make the best. You know, this is the season we can win the 10, 4th mm. and 5th trebles. 
Lenny's obviously got his input and he's maybe said, you know what, it's not projects we need this year. I mean, the standard of play we've been linked with, let's be honest. Aww. Snodgrass, mm-hmm. Wilson, the boy for Juventus, Diego for, for AC Milan. I know there's been a lot of noise about Dottie for Charlton and Barry Douglas for Leeds, but the actual, when it comes round to where we're getting fun quotes from other clubs about us being interested Different in players. Different standards entirely, isn't oh, it? The, they're guys that you could all make the case for they came in and start. Yeah. Every single one of them you could go, that's a starter, that's a start. They're all improving your first 11. Mm-hmm. Which, it's got to be exciting. You know, it shows the level of ambition, especially in time that the Celtic board are showing and management's showing. Because we've got to be conscious of COVID. You know, cash flow and football's tight, but we're yeah. still showing an outstanding level of ambition this tra- transfer window. <laughs> That, that, you're right, it is. It has been um, a very ambitious set of signings when you look at the fact that we're signing straight from English Premier League clubs uh, for a kickoff. We know that when you do that, then in terms of the actual cost, the bar's going up all the time, Lawrence. We're watching with interest developments in English football all morning this morning and some of the, the, the transfer deals that are being done. Um, are, they're astronomical in their size, of course they are, but if we were to go and get someone like Snodgrass and bring him from West Ham. Uh, we've already done that on a permanent basis with a Yeti. Uh, I think they only wanted to loan him out initially, didn't they? Yep. Uh, they've, they've kind of made their feelings known that they would rather Snodgrass was leaving on a permanent basis. That doesn't really work for me at the age of 33 uh, for Snodgrass. I would bring him in based on what you've just said there. This is a, a short-term deal because we know that what we've got to achieve this season... If it had to be a permanent deal, and I don't know what the transfer fee would be for someone like Snodgrass, I'd certainly not be prepared to be spending £5 million even on a player like Snodgrass at this stage. I mean, Lube will come in at 33, so I suppose every player you've got to judge on their own merits. Is he fit enough? Much do we know about him? Where we're sitting, 33, how many years are we going to get out of him? Would he be as good as Lube? I highly doubt it, but, you know, we can all dream. Would he be as good as John Spencer, though? Well, we need to ask Mr. Keevans. He seems to <laughs> seems to know that, doesn't he? It's, uh, but West Ham want him to leave a permit. Of course they do. You know, it's a liability off their books as far as they see it, isn't it? They don't seem as if, you know, a starter for them. Or, so they're thinking, well, there's a big liability off our books that will free up some cash for them mm-hmm. to do whatever mm-hmm. with. Yeah. So Celtic are, you know, it's a short season in terms of loans. We've got eight months left to the end of the season. We'll get, you know, October... November, December, January, February, April, May. Yeah. So, you, you know, so it's a short loan year to pay, if you like, that we're paying, paying wages for. It's not the traditional kind of get them in. Well, we don't always get them in for Champions League qualifiers, but, you know, potentially you're, you're, you're paying between 10 and 12 months normally. Mm-hmm. Now we're only going to be paying eight months loan wages. So there's maybe that's allowed us to up our ambition. You know, for to believe Celtic's insurance policies covered them for this season. So although we're going to be impacted on terms of match day sales, our business interruption policies apparently covering a, a big chunk of that. So maybe we've went, well, what we'd have spent on a 10 or 12 month loan, we can now spend on an eight month loan. But it's obviously more money per month then. So then maybe that's why we've been able to up the standard. I mean, if you'd said we're going to take, what well, potentially say we get Wilson, I've got Duffy, say we get Snodgrass, we buy Diego from AC Milan. If <laughs> the boy for Juventus wants to come, you know, what two from Serie A, three from the Premiership. 
it, it, it's a different level of what we've been operating in, isn't it? No, you're That's right. Your team. When you're looking at the the names I read out there, six six names, some of whom came and went in a day, uh, others who have hung around for a while, as in Barry Douglas, the interest in Douglas has been there for a bit, uh, Snodgrass. It seemed as though it was genuine interest. Uh, Neil Lennon certainly wasn't given too much away yesterday on that one. James McCarthy, it's a name that's been linked with Celtic time and time again. Do you think that uh, of those, that Snodgrass is still the one that might, might be on the radar? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Snodgrass seems to be the one that's on the radar. I, mean, I know Lennon says you won't get a straight answer for him, but didn't he? You know, basically just, that's a polite way of telling the guy to go away and copulate, wasn't it? You know, you know it was... Uh, I think it looks like that, but you know we've got Diego. We've been asking about other wingers. If we we're asking somebody to stand up, a Harry Wilson, the UV winger. Actually, maybe we'll, we've got to say set, set higher. Maybe we're looking at bringing two wingers in. Always think wingers have great first seasons up here because the defenders haven't played against them in general. Mm. Don't know their tricks. Look at Sinclair's first season. You know, could we bring a winger in that could give us a first season like Sinclair gave us? <sighs> I'd love to see it. And I think, you know, the, the thing with the English market, Lawrence, is that the squads are so, so big. You know, they buy in loads and like almost panic buys. And then you've got a player who is excelling with a Fulham, for example, because there's been a few players like Cessignon or Paddy Roberts. And they get bought in and then they don't play for their parent club. There's loads of players like that that I think Celtic can offer a, a lifeline Two in terms of bringing them in on loan, giving them games, giving them a European platform rather than playing under twenty three football. Yeah, it, it, players need to play to develop, don't they? We mm-hmm. face that with our youths, and also these these clubs fa- face having a, a depreciating asset on their books that's not playing, his contract's running down, and it isn't in a short window. So it definitely benefits for them to come out. I mean, I'm surprised we've not had a, a Man City link so far. You know, we normally seem to get linked with someone from Man City. Mm-hmm. I know Arzani didn't work out, but... Oh, I remember him. I've got to think, yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about him. Unlucky with injury, wasn't he? I'd forgotten about him. Um, when, when you're looking at those on the radar, I think Snodgrass is probably a bit of work to be done on a deal like that. Of any of those names, is there anybody that you think to yourself, he's the one that got away? I mean, James McCarthy divided opinion when we spoke about him on the podcast. Is he a, is he a player that you would have liked to have seen? In I'd have liked to have seen him in the hoops at some point. Yeah, I think he would have brought a, a lot to him. Uh, he would, him, his uncle Jerry would have been over him, and I know that. <laughs> Jerry's a big uh, Celtic fan, so is James. But yeah, it'd have been great to see mm-hmm. James McCarthy in the hoops, wouldn't it? Oh, I, I would have liked to have seen that. Um, but again, like Snodgrass as well, the the actual uh, wages that these guys are on are astronomical. Lawrence, you know, the, the time might have passed. I mean, with Eddie McGee saying, "Oh, you know, you'd love to come back," but. There's an of course he would. So, so would Kyle. So would Baram Kyle. Yeah, so, so Kyle. But some t- well, actually, maybe have a real look at Kyle. <laughs> you know, but for some people, that time has passed, and maybe unfortunately, the time's passed for McCarthy. I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. I think so. It's Celtic. Um, just going to break for a moment to have a look at one of these messages coming in from Stephen Forbes on YouTube. Welcome back to the show, Stephen. Uh, you're commenting on YouTube, and for anyone who's watching on YouTube, please subscribe because we are growing our subscription base on there. Um, this is our second broadcast of the day. We did three yesterday. By the end of the day, we'll have done another four today. So that um, gives you the level of output from a Celtic state of mind. Stephen says, Lawrence, great to see Paul, John and Lawrence are still pals after yesterday's reported <laughs> flashpoint in the Axon studio. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, Would you like to comment on that flashpoint? I think we who were we falling out over? Greg uh, Taylor, Ayer, and Taylor, and why uh, St Johnston <laughs> had two free runners in the box at the beginning of the second half. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it back, it's Stevie May and the boy Conway. Both of them are free. Ayer's then got to go and cover May. He leaves Conway. Greg Taylor's got to come in to try and get to Conway. And both of them, you know, Ayer was nowhere near May, and you end up with Taylor no, nowhere near Conway. It was. And that's probably our only lapse in defensive lapse in that game. But tell you what, it only takes one defensive lapse like that. Could be a goal. And the way that rests, making decisions, that could have cost us. You're then chasing it, aren't you? And again, they just close up um, at that point. They play with the 11 men behind the ball and it becomes extremely difficult for Celtic then. It was difficult enough as it was without that. But um, yeah, that that was the little mishap yesterday where uh, Lawrence and I disagreed. Yeah. disagreed on who was to blame for that but that's fine a couple of other points coming through Stephen Forbes once again how do you think Eddie will respond to Lennon's public statements regarding his loss of form and focus during recent weeks of the transfer window Lennon does seem to manage such situations effectively I think I was bigging up Neil Lennon yesterday wasn't I in relation yeah. to his man management um, because as I said I've been critical not overly so I mean when Lennon took over I wasn't one of the ones shouting from the rooftops that uh, we should have brought someone else in, you know, when he came back for the second spell permanently. Um, I support Neil Lennon. I think the job he's done overall has been tremendous. I think the team that he's building, Lawrence, if he brings in another two, he's basically brought in seven first-team players in this window. Then you start seeing the team that Neil Lennon is is trying to shape. But uh, yesterday I did comment on the fact that he's brought back Lee Griffiths. He's managed that situation effectively twice because he managed it last season twice and got him back in the jersey and scoring goals. He's done it again this season. I'm not giving all the credit to Lenny. A lot of that credit goes to Lee Griffiths himself, but Lennon has played a part in that. He's also played a part in being able to turn around the fortunes of Encham, who was speaking to the French press this time last year, talking his way out of Celtic Park. Uh, Tommy Rogers in uh, transfer talks, everybody was resigned to the fact that he was leaving. Not only has he remained at Celtic Park, but Neil Lennon's got him back on the pitch playing again. I think he does manage situations like this very effectively. And he's maybe trying to take the heat off of Eddie a wee bit by saying that, you know, he didn't say it's turned his head. He just said that, you know, the transfer talk, this window, has affected him. And I think that's understandable for a guy who is, you know, still young. People forget sometimes how young um, Odson Edward is. Yep. Lennon was what he's doing in man management. And it could be taking the heat off him. Maybe Eddie's just genuinely going through a wee dip in form. He's been been top-notch since he's arrived, hasn't he? Could it just be a dip in form and Lennon's just saying this, this will take the heat off you a bit, you know, we'll give you a bit of a break. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know, but I, I think you've touched on the points. Lennon's man management of people has been proven to be second to none. So... Yeah, but we'll, we'll go with what Lenny's doing. I, I think, you know, on his track record, I mean, he's got the Mercurial Tom Roger back in the park. Mm-hmm. Lee Griffiths back scoring goals. I like Griff's comment, you know, Lenny said to me, as long as I'm at Celtic Park, you'll be here. Where have we heard that one before? Uh, <laughs> I was like, that, there's a familiar ring to that. Yeah. Is, is that Lee getting a wee dig in? I hope so. <laughs> It'd be nice. Well, I know he listens to this show, so maybe he's heard us uh, chatting about it. Uh, Lee Griffiths does listen to the show and thankfully the, the time they tuned in I was bigging him up I was saying get him back in the team um, so yeah we're big fans of Lee Griffiths in here of course IH decorating comment on YouTube I find it remarkable how well Celtic players keep their discipline in the face of shocking roughhouse tackles week in week out 
Incidentally, you know, when you look at yesterday, that's a great point. Celtic did keep their discipline. It had been easy for there to have been a few flashpoints. Cham lost a wee bit, right? And it actually wasn't losing his... The boy pulls him, he pulls him, and Cham gets a yellow card. So there was really nothing in it on replay. But the boy commits the first foul. When he got smashed in the face, Cham kept his discipline. Frimpong, you're just kind of... Mm-hmm. Just, what, what, what would it take to get out of the guy to react? I know. You, you know, he just gets up with a smile on his face, doesn't he? You're going... You know, if, it, if they've done it in the streets, it's it's assault. I mean, the, the tackles yesterday were um, shocking. And I think when Davidson comes out, comes away at the end of the game talking about how proud he is of his players, you know, it, it shows you how they've lined up. Lawrence have come out to hurt somebody. Listen, well, the tackles get pro- progressively worse, I think. You know, and it's a signal for the ref if he lets the first one go, doesn't it? They're pushing it. Yeah, they're so, pushing it. So, so, those play, so Davidson says, asked him to play on the edge because they need to play on the edge to get any kind of result. Let's be honest. Because mm-hmm. if, if they stand off us and watch us, they're going to take a doing, aren't they? So they're going to press hard on us. We did the three forwards chasing down, which, you know, it was a high press. They've got those three forwards going. It's brave, you know, for St. Johnson put come out in the three forwards, but when the ref allows them to overcome it all the time, it is dangerous, isn't it? Oh, um, definitely. You're just wondering how long it is before Frimpong gets a serious injury. Well, you, we've seen him being injured before, and I remember when he was stretched off the park that night, um, thinking it was a lot worse than it was, Lawrence. But see, these are the things, talking about injured players, we're going to get onto another one in a second, because um, I was talking earlier on to Colin Watt about the transfer business that Celtic have done so far, and the two players that he was um, speaking about were uh, El Yunusi and Barkas. Well, the two players I'm going to speak to yourself about uh, that we've purchased and brought in this uh, window is Albiana Yeti, £5 million from West Ham United and David Turnbull for around £3 million from Motherwell. Um, how well do you think these two guys have done since they've come in? How impressed have you been? Yeah, I'll be in a Yeti's in fire, mate. He's what we've been missing. He's a penalty box striker. that can, well, He will drop deeper, but he likes to play between the posts, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He'll sniff out a chance. He's just going to score goals all day, day long up here. What competition it is we've got in the forward line, isn't it? It's... It's very it's impressive. I mean, four four strikers and the one of those four who maybe at the beginning of the season, first couple of weeks into the season, Lawrence, that I was saying that I was doubtful uh, that he had what it took to be a Celtic striker was indeed uh, Klamala. But when a boy is putting that much effort in uh, to try and stake his claim, then you've got to take your hat off to him. I mean, that, that show yesterday of bravery, uh, tenacity, um, and, and finishing ability once he actually got back off the, the turf was brilliant. It was absolutely outstanding. And that's the kind of attitude that I think Neil Lennon's been seeing at training, isn't it? Well, we talk about attitude. Look what he'd done in close season mm-hmm. outside of Celtic. Look at the muscle that boy put on. Yeah. And I'm hopeful Mikey Johnson's taking a, a look, going to take a leaf out of his book. And when we see Mikey back, <laughs> we're going to get another boy that's bulked up and able to handle his cell in the park. Because it's attitude you need, isn't it? Oh yeah, you, you need that drive. You need that commitment. I mean, he's sitting there. You're looking at Edward, who's the first choice without a shadow of a doubt, and then the club brings in another player, a five million pound international player from the English Premier League. So a guy like Clamalla must be looking at that, thinking, well, I'm at least the third choice, and 
Griffiths is getting fit to come in as well. But the attitude and application has been absolutely brilliant. So yes, I've got to admit, he's completely turned me around. And I just, I don't want to say Eddie's one, Ayeti's two, etc. and work my way through the four. I'm just happy to have four strikers who are all pushing for a first team jersey. It's great. The amount of games we're going to have, the treatment that strikers are going to take on the park, we're going to need them, aren't we? I think we will. Yeah. How did Clamala walk away for that tackle? Well, the thing is, we don't know if it's if he's been hurt. I think the way that he rode the challenge uh, meant that he didn't fall awkwardly. Otherwise, you're looking at a leg breaker. Do you think it's because he was on the turn he was able to ride it a bit better? I think so. I was well played. You seen him coming. Aye. You've seen his teammates getting booted for 90 minutes. He knew it was coming. Oh, aye. You're a Celtic player. You've got to know that you're going to be taking kicks. It was like when Bobby... As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Lennox broke his leg and he was asked, when did you realise your leg was broken? The minute I saw John Gray coming towards me, was his answer. sent off for having his leg broken? He got sent off for having his leg broken? For having his leg broken. So it was one of the ones... Clamalla seen him in the corner of his eye and he's ridden the challenge really well. I, I, I really like Paddy. You know, he's got a lot to learn. He's 22-23. We're looking at Griff coming to the end of his career. We know Eddie's not going to be here forever. Ayeti will ho- hopefully be here a bit longer. You know, he's... We well, he didn't really get his chance, but he's been at a Premier League club, hasn't he? And it, it didn't work for him. He seems to be enjoying his football up here. The sound bites from him are all good. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's going to be when you're almost a goal a game, isn't it? The, the big thing about a Yeti, I still think that he's at the, in that category, Lawrence, if he has two or three good se- uh, seasons at Celtic, prolific seasons, and, and he performs in Europe, he's another one of the guys who might make that transition. And as Celtic supporters, we understand and accept that that happens. So you've got a good mix there, haven't you? You've got yep. Eduard, who's probably two-thirds or three-quarters of his way through that transition before moving on. You've got a Yeti just at the beginning of that. Klamala's certainly in development. And you've got Griffiths, who I think, if all goes well and he finishes his career at Celtic, then he's, he's properly turned it around. I'd much rather that than see him disappear down the leagues or end up on loan somewhere. It'd be really sad. I mean, there's some players that have left as recently that have just bounced from club to club and you thought, jeez, you were a crap. We were asking earlier about Stokes. Hey, where's that Anthony Stokes? Where's he going? You know, it didn't work at Livy. I don't know where he's went now. But he was great to watch play football. I mean, he had a cracking attitude when he was on the park, didn't he? I mean, remember at Rugby Park, he he, he dragged his track three each draw. You know, him and Hooper, what a partnership. You know, Public Island Internationalist. And yeah, you, you maybe Stokes is happy with what he's doing. I don't know. You know, he's had documented problems, hasn't he? It's maybe the de- desire's gone. I don't know. But I'd rather see him making the best of his talent and scoring goals at top level football. He could still do it, certainly at the top level of the Scottish game, I think, Lawrence. And when he went to Livingston, um, people's kind of take on that were, was that, you know, you, you lose Lyndon Dykes, you bring in Stokes, you maybe play in a certain way that Stokes won't um, like and it won't be suited to him. Um, the reason given for him departing after three weeks was the pitch, but he knew they had a pitch, yeah. a plastic pitch before he signed. You see the top level of the Scottish game. What, what players have 
performed badly up here strikers but have went down south and even performed in the Premiership or the, the Championship mm-hmm. uh, the you know, you've got Pukki haven't you Pukki we've seen him yesterday who was the Irish boy for Celtic was top scorer Murphy champion? Murphy mm-hmm. you know you've had a few it's like you've had a few played for Safeco that have went down and went for next thing like, you know Murphy's scoring 20 odd goals a season yeah. for Ipswich they're talking about 8 million pound moves from at that point I can't remember the Safeco players names but I think Safeco got Went in for like a few hundred thousand, but they get moves for like five or six Wacon. million. Wacon yes. went down there and started scoring goals. The chip shop Tyson. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, no, you're so, right. You know, you're right. So, about, I mean, Wacon's not the player Stokes he is. Don't think he's ever had the talent that Stokes has got in his, his boots, has he? I just, I, I looked at Stokes when he came to Livy and I was just glad he was back in the game. There's certain players, and, and probably Griffiths comes into this category, that you develop, develop a, an affinity with them. Um, sometimes... Lawrence, it's because they're, they're a wee bit unhinged at times. Sometimes it's because they make mistakes and errors, often away from the park. Not very often on it, when you think about the, the record of Griffiths and Stokesy um, as players for Celtic. But you realise that they're just they're just humans like you and me, and they make mistakes and they mess up sometimes. And you're willing to forgive them because of how they perform on the, the field they play. And I was hoping that Stokes was back uh, the last I heard, and I'll need to check that Robbie Fowler was trying to take him over to, back over to India. I said, if that's what Stokes he wants, but he, he's definitely got talent that should still be playing football, hasn't he? And mm. you're saying definitely top level of the Scottish game. I think we'll look at the people that are left here, low level Premier League or top level of Championship. If he got his chance in there, he'd score goals. Well, here we go now, uh, Lawrence. We're talking about the players we've brought in, and we've had a wee chat already about uh, a Yeti. I know that Turnbull, you're a big fan of Turnbull. Uh, yesterday, what I found very interesting is, after all the the uh, shocking tackles from the St Johnston players, the actual analysis after the game looked at a tackle that Turnbull had made, and were asking, should it have been a red? I find that astonishing. Yeah, I wonder why they chose just to hi- highlight that tackle as opposed to the potential well, one St Johnston player could have but four red cards, just one of them. Mm. You know the tackle on Kamal is just airbrushed. I know. You, I know. You, you, why would they pick the Turnbull one to suggest that you know the ref had a, a decent game was fairly even handed? Uh, there's a definite agenda out there. You know we're not part of the mainstream media, but we, we know there's an agenda out there, unrelentingly anti-Celtic and pro-Rangers. Oh yeah, I, I mean, and again, the thing with that, Lawrence, is that they can't fail. Uh, certainly on the, the digital side of it because Celtic fans they read a story they react to it an event and I can understand that so they're still getting their traffic you know yep. because people are engaging then aren't they on social media and, and clicking links to read the stories but with regards to the fact that um, obviously Turnbull and Cham came in uh, for Christy and Brown Brown was was Rested. We, yep. we certainly didn't call it dropped yesterday. He was rested yesterday. There was a lot of Celtic fans. There's there's a train of thought that um, you know Celtic play more high tempo football. If Brown's not on the park, well, to be honest with you, we needed him on the park to turn it around. I don't think we could get any tempo going in that game yesterday. It was because of the amount of fouls mm-hmm. and the, the way the ref was letting the St Johnston players break, break up the flow. Brown's one of those players that just makes everybody ten percent better, doesn't he? It? it makes the team tick. At certain, certain times, yeah, the ball has moved quicker when he's not there, but sometimes it's not about moving the ball quicker, it's about moving it to the right place, mm-hmm. about driving your teammates on, making them move quicker. Because a couple of times, we were very, or more than a couple of times yesterday, we were very static when we bring the ball out for a bat. You were looking, and there's maybe six or seven Celtic players in the, the camera shot, one with the ball, another six not moving, and you're going, 
you, you, you know what, you, you're going to have to give him something to, to aim for here, a run, it can't always be ball to feet. Brown definitely drives a player on. I mean, Andy Walker was talking about it, that, well, you can used to bully him into playing better, <laughs> make him move, you know. And maybe some players just need someone on the park forcing one because we don't have the fans in the grounds, you know, cheering Celtic on. It's well documented by former players and players that it, they do give something extra to the Celtic team. Mm-hmm. The back of the fans, that's missing. You know, Brown's given it. When he's on the park, he was orchestrating it, wasn't he? Yeah, he certainly was. And, you know, similarly to the, the goal that was scored against Dundee United and we famously heard Bruni's uh, shouts to Edward, the first person <laughs> to congratulate Griffiths after the goal was the one and only Scott Brown, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a winner. He, he, he's an out-and-out winner. Many medals is it now? I'm losing I'm losing count. 20, yeah. 20 odd. He's catching up in Bobby Lennox on appearances. You know, he'll become part of the 600 club, won't he? He will, yes. I mean, I think yesterday was his 586th game off the top of my head. So, yes, he will certainly um, break through the 600 barrier this season. Yeah. Uh, all going to plan, Lawrence. And you're then into that situation where he's 35 years of age. I think he turned 35 in June there. And um, people ask how long can Brown continue to play? He can continue to play for as long as he can come on and influence the side as he did yesterday. It doesn't always have to be with the ball at his feet. I think that was a big thing yesterday. Yeah, he did some great stuff with the ball at his feet, but it was the influence when he came on. It was the way that he was able to re-energise the team in the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, definitely. I think when you heard Billy McNeil speaking, he regretted retiring so early. You know, players used to think, 32, that's that's my career over. Mm -hmm. But if players look after themselves, they're more into sports science, they can go on for longer now. Bruni has apparently always been a really naturally fit guy since he was young. I think back to Gordon Strachan, 40 years old, playing the Premier League, he looked mm-hmm. after himself. Pietro yeah. Verkovod, 40 years old, Serie A. Any reason Scott Brown couldn't emulate him? You look at some of the, the great players on the continent, like Matthias and Maldini, and they all played right into their late, 30s, early 40s and I'm not comparing them as players to Brown but it shows that when you're conditioned and you look after yourself in the latter part of your career how it can extend that I think with Brown we'll probably get to the stage where season on season the player and the club would be happy to look at an annual deal a 12 month contract and um, even in the final season or seasons of that uh, arrangement if he was only playing 20 games a season to have him in the changing room to have him in the dugout this is, you know, this is, yesterday shows the influence that he has. Naka still does it, doesn't he? Mm, in Japan. Still plays, eh? There, there, there's another, but it doesn't come on often, but he's the, at the club for influence now. He's, he scored, though, uh, this season, but it doesn't come on often. But is that a free kick? Plays. Yep. There was another boy in Japan played in his 60s just for his influence, the first Japanese player to go to Brazil. So, you, you know, there's players that have done it in the past in football, and why not Scott Brown? Well, I think there's going to be a transitional period between um, being a player and moving into the coaching. I know that he's been doing some coaching at Celtic. So, yeah, he's there as an influence. He's still there as a player. Yesterday showed that. Um, And let's just enjoy it because, I mean, there's no other player I would want to lead that Celtic side out than Scott Brown when we come up against Rangers in a couple of weeks. I'll tell you something. I'm glad that uh, he didn't go to Australia when it looked like our manager was trying to sell him. Mm -hmm. For, For... God knows for what reason. But there was certainly, you know, there was things going on in the background at that point, wasn't it? With Brendan when he was trying to get Scott to move. Aye, there certainly was. Now, um, loads of great points coming through, so let's work our way through some of them. Lawrence, follower Celtic on Twitter. Christy and Cham, 
Dembele and possibly Ayer will be pressure pressuring for a move. Is the interest strong enough? Well, it was something I was going to ask you the question about. Will anyone leave? That That's a big question in this transfer window. Will anyone leave? And the quotes from Neil Lennon um, at the last point of asking was that no, he was confident that the players quoted and the players who have been mentioned um, in dispatches were going to stay. He was very confident that they were going to stay at Celtic as well, Lauren. So I think the ones that have been um, linked to other clubs are players like Ayer linked to AC Milan. And it's a it's a solid link. It's a confirmed link, confirmed by Maldini. Although I see that uh, Milan are currently tying up a deal for a defender, so that may, you know, that may actually put um, paid to the higher deal, which is good news for Celtic, if you ask me. And Cham, Edward, Christie are the other ones that have been quoted. Dembele, I would like to, us to uh, keep Dembele, but perhaps loan him out and get him some games, Lawrence, um, because to be honest with you, he's not done enough to be on that bench and for us all to be crying out for him to come on and make an impact so I think put Dembele out on loan uh, for the rest of this season but the other four let's have a look at the other four if you um, were able uh, to choose one if one had to leave of the four that I've mentioned who would that one player be Lawrence and why? It wouldn't be French Eddie so, so let's start rolling them out and then we'll be left with one French Eddie he's just too important to the team he's up Bit of different form, but his goals, he's just undoubted talent, creating goals out of nothing. Wouldn't let him go. Wouldn't let Christy go. He, you know, he's the guy that does what Lenny wants. Lenny talks about moving the ball quicker, taking risks. It's not always the safe football we had under Brendan Rodgers, you know. Back to back, side to side, so we're five yards forward, move the ball, recycle it, probe. You know, Christy moves it a bit quicker, so he's got goals in them he sets his play. when his mind's on it you know he's a cracking player for us isn't he you mm. know he can set players up I'd keep Christie so leaves in Charm or Ayer and I think because we're short at the back I'd keep Big Ayer very flexible I think he's really unlucky he gets played at left centre back I think he's naturally right sided you know we can right back I think Cracking player, you remember against St Johnston and Aberdeen, brilliant. Even yesterday when he was out in the wing, that we touched for a ball, it's just class, wasn't it? But it's uh, on El Hamid and Bang, we've got a goal. And I think Chalman probably be the one to let go just because we're so well covered in midfield. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the area where we're strongest. It's probably the, the player out the four that's worth the least as well. I don't think we'll get as much money as we get for we get for the others. If we want to touch on Dembele's situation, I'd, with him, if we loan him out, it can only be if he signs another contract. Because otherwise, there's no benefit to Celtic other than getting his wages paid. Right? Mm-hmm. You never know if we keep him. He is a guy that maybe could come on and change something. We don't know how this season's going to go with injuries. We, we, we just don't know. If you're putting him out on loan, th- there really is no benefit to Celtic unless he signs another contract. It doesn't look like he wants to sign another contract. It's about a Mexican standoff. So I think one way or the other, I don't think if Dembele doesn't sign the contract, he's not going to be here, is he? So he'll see this season out. I don't see he's putting on loan because why would we? There's that zero benefit if he doesn't sign a contract. The thing with uh, Dembele is you're right, it is a standoff because if he doesn't play because he's thinking to himself there's no point in going on loan or of the club or not prepared to put him out on loan, uh, knowing that when he comes back he's out of contract, then 
at that age, I think he's uh, it's, it's a big, big mistake because you've got to be playing at that age. Once you can't go for six months and oh. no play or just play development football, of which there is none. It, you know, you think to yourself, a guy training for six months, you lose a bit. You know, you lose a bit of that sharpness. He needs competitive first team football. There's no doubt. Is he going to give way and say, "Well, put a release clause in my contract"? Would that be a compromise? Because there's going to be, have to be some kind of compromise, isn't there? The, the optimum for both club football and Dembele involves him playing, doesn't it? It would. It That's would. The, so it would involve him playing out on loan. Yeah, but on loan. Celtic would need him to sign a contract to do that. So Dembele's got to say, well, what kind of contract would I be signing? You know, what, what's going to be an offer from at the end of the season? And we know how football works. There's Cavani outside Celtic Park again, but, you know... There will be other clubs have talked to him unofficially or talked to his agent or his dad or there'll be something going on in the background. We're in October. Is it January he could sign a pre-contract then? Maybe he's having a look at that and going, it's three months away. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's a sad way for his departure to come for Celtic because I can't see anything but him leaving at the end of the season. See, when you look at some of the players that have left the Scottish game of a similar age uh, recently, um, you've got some Celtic players who have obviously gone to Bayern Munich and uh, Conor McBride has gone to Blackburn Rovers, Arne Hickey's gone to Bologna. Now, when you look at those players, the only one that has gone and has been signed as a first-team player has been Aaron Hickey. The reason for that being that he had played around 30 competitive games for Hearts. Yep. The rest of them... Uh, you know, haven't played a single game and then Belly has played a handful of games. So I don't know what he would expect if he was to leave Lawrence. Because if he goes to any any other club, he's going to be playing under twenty one or under twenty three football. You don't know what the promise is to him. Obviously there's a better route to first team in Germany than there is in Scotland. Or they're they're able to sell it better. Mm-hmm. The problem with Scotland is we don't have that. There's a gap between, say, the ages of seventeen and Getting to the first team, there's, there's a gap that's not getting filled. He needs to play, and it, it looks like he's decided it's not going to be in Scotland. It looks like internationally he's plumped for England. It, I, I just kind of think it's a very sad situation that he couldn't sign another contract, whether it's a release clause or, or whatever. It's look what Stilling Petroff done when his contract was up. He signed another contract, so he knew he was leaving, but he wanted Celtic to get a fee. It's both parties are losing out of the way it's sitting just now, but you know, I just don't see. I just don't see him be, being at Celtic Park next season, which is sad. It's very sad because we spent a lot of time kind of thinking, well, this is not going to go the same way as his Lanfrews. Um We're actually looking at a situation where he's um, going the same way as his Lanfrews. I remember speaking again, and I've mentioned this, but for anyone who didn't tune in when I did mention it, I spoke to Gordon Strachan who. Obviously, was at Celtic when Farouz was a young kid. And he said to me that when he heard that uh, Celtic, I think, had got 300 grand for Farouz, um, he said it was a great bit of business. And it's yep. been proven as such because the boy did nothing in football. He did nothing after he left Celtic. And that's the biggest fear for young talent. And there's no doubt that Dembele is a young, prodigious oh. talent. I mean, the buzz and the hype around that guy has been unbelievable since he was in his uh, you know, young teenage years. So... I would I would find it very difficult to accept that you invest that amount of time and money into a young kid and belief and he walks away potentially for nothing. And, you know, he might have big wages for five years, yep. Lawrence, 
as um, as Lanfarouz did, but Farouz now is just playing football with his mates. You know, he's 24 years of age. It's, it's definitely not the, the career he dreamed he was going to have, is it? Mm-mm. Where Dembele goes, who knows? I don't know who's advising him, who his agent is. I heard the rumour it was the same as Moose's and Edwards, but I don't know if that's true. If it is, I would be surprised because he seems to have managed Moose and Edwards' career really well. I'd be surprised that he wasn't giving that service to his other players. Mm, but maybe I've got kind of Celtic coloured glasses on. Maybe there's something lined up big for Dembele that we, we don't know. Well, what I'll say um, on closing on that subject, Lawrence, what I'll say is I've been bigging up Neil Lennon with his man management um, of several players within the, his time at Celtic and particularly in his second spell that he's had to deal with situations like the Lee Griffiths scenario last season and this season. Um, and I wouldn't write off that situation just yet because Lenny, you just never know. He might be able to turn it around. See, it doesn't look like, I don't think he'll leave this transfer window, okay? Who knows? Tackles are getting in here. We don't get a winger targets. We've already lost Forrest, you know. So that is already Johnson's, one step closer. Yeah. Yep. So he may come off the be- the bench and turn it around like Christie did when he looked like he was on his way out of, get- out of the club, didn't he? Yeah, you know, uh, it was was it get injured the boy that uh, the way to Belgium that was Hadji's replacement in Belgium, uh, Kouassi, mm. get injured uh, just as he looked as if he was going to come on to run a form. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, Christy comes on, changes the game, never look back, changes his life. Yeah, never look back. Dembele, let's hope he has a moment like that this season. It would be great. I'd much rather see him in the hoops, Lawrence. I really would. Now, um, when you look at the players we've already shipped out, it's sometimes quite surprising when you go through the amount of players that we we ship out on a year-to-year basis. Uh, 26 players so far. A lot of them were coming to the end of their contract. A lot of them were kids that have been loaned out as well. There's been 12 loanees, so 12 players out on loan at the moment. Only eight of the 26 could be classed really as first-team players. Lawrence, is there any from that eight that you think could have still done us a turn? Do you think um, you would have kept at least one of them? Big Fraser could have done us a turn, couldn't he? It all seems to have turned sour though, doesn't it? Not answering Lenny's calls. Yeah. We've got Barkas now, so, so let's just forget him. But I thought, there's another player. That, I can see why he went, went, he was dreaming of getting back in the England team, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. Forgetting he would need to get in the Southampton team first. But it's kind of not worked for him. I feel sad for him because I think he was really good when he was at Celtic but you know Lenny said he wouldn't pick up the, the, the phone to him how hard would it have been to pick up the phone to Lenny and go look Lenny I want to try down here to try and get back in my England place this is what it's going to be because from from the quotes in the paper it just seemed as if he cut communication which even that I, I felt that was a bit unusual because we had some time ago now, we had David Curry on as a guest on a Celtic State of Mind. David Curry is the keyboard player from the Scottish band, The Supernaturals. And he is Stevie Woods' cousin. Cousin, yeah, he's his cousin. Not his nephew. One or the other, I think it's his cousin. Uh, blood relative anyway. And he spoke about the fact that uh, Stevie Woods and Fraser Foster had remained in regular contact throughout his time after leaving Celtic. So if there was a message to deliver, it would have been delivered pretty easily. Yeah, you, you, you'd have thought so. It's I mean, when we hear Lenny speak, it seems that Celtic were of the understanding it was coming back up, mm-hmm. and then that understanding it maybe was too hard for him to break. That he wasn't coming back up. Maybe he felt really bad about not coming back up. I don't know, but 
he's probably the player that I would have said, yeah, we could have done with keeping him. The other one being, and it's great with hindsight, because obviously we didn't know Bolingoli was going to do what he did, um, is Johnny Hayes. People have mentioned him. No, I'm not saying that uh, Hayes was a, a world beater, but what I'm saying is we've got one left back at the club. Yep. Hayes, great attitude. I think you've touched on, you know, other players like Paddy Kamala. He worked his socks off for Celtic, didn't he? I can see why we let him go. He's getting to the end of his career. We didn't know Ball Golly was going to do what he was going to do, but apparently we've been after a left back for a while. Let, let's be honest, it's kind of December, January, we, Ball Golly had lost his place in the team. So, nine months ago now? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we've been lining up Diego all this time and kept it quiet, brilliant. But I think everybody's kind of said, look, that's really where we need cover. But would I have kept his? Well, then we might not have got covering. I think Hayes was sold. I think when New Ball and Golly was going out, and who goes to Spain for a one-day holiday? Do not tell me he wasn't speaking at a football club over there unofficially. Oh, well, that was the first thing that came to my mind, Lawrence, and that even then you think to yourself, what's the point in being there in person? We're all Zoomers these days, you know? Some more Zoomers than others, <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> social media. But, yeah, maybe he wants to be in there in person because... He wants to see where he's going to be living. He wants to have a good look about. I, I, I don't know, but I think he was over talking to another club. I mean, how? I mean, he's going to stand out. He's got to know that. He's playing for Celtic. How daft is it going to be to fly out of Scottish Airport? Pretty daft. Yeah, you, you know, you're kind of going, your region's not even a word. Listen, don't leave for Scotland because you're going to be spotted. But oh. no, so I definitely wouldn't have kept ball and goal. Definitely not. Um, no, you're right. Um, I don't he, think anyone will disagree with that, Lance. He's, I wouldn't have been disappointed to see him stay, but I think we've always known that we're going to bring someone else in for that position. Mm-hmm. Taylor looks like a development player for us. I like Taylor. He's a trier. He gives everything on the park. He never hides. Will he ever develop into much better than he is? You know, time will tell. Hopefully the coaches can work with him and make him a better player. Yeah. But, you know, if Diego comes in, are we really crying for Johnny Hayes? I love how you're calling on Diego. Um, Mate, I'm just disappointed. Well, I'm not disappointed to him, definitely, but see if that number 10 shot had been free I know. for him. Diego 10. You might not remember this. Game. You may not remember this, but um, back in Jim Leishman's time, and I should have asked him when he came into the studio a few weeks back, Dunfermline Athletic put on trial Diego Maradona's son. Yeah. He was in his early 20s. They brought him to Fife, and he was training at Petrivi training pitches and there was this great marketing idea whereby they could sell Dunfermline Athletic jerseys with Maradona 10 on the back but then they realised the boy couldn't play football he's still playing yep. but he was at Petrivi training grounds um, Maradona and they were looking at that I do remember also Falkirk signing a player called Pelly um, and they, they, with the idea that uh, you know you could have the, the 10 Pelly on yep. the back of your Falkirk jersey Was it not George Weir's cousin get a trial or a game somewhere or a contract <laughs> that was Soonis that yeah, signed him for Southampton Soonis and dodgy contracts who would believe it who'd have thought who'd have thought <laughs> at least that's it was another an podcast ABT. that's another podcast I uh, Francie W you're commenting on YouTube welcome back sir uh, watched the highlights last night and looked as though they edited the game in the ref's favour surprised not this is a big thing because I certainly don't want to come across as paranoid loans but the, the coverage yesterday, there was loads of flashpoints. We wanted to see them closer. We're, we're asking maybe that there was a reason for that um, free kick getting pulled back 15, 20 yards, but we didn't get an opportunity to see it. Sky's coverage is 
shocking. I don't know whether they just see us going like... BT's was much better. Maybe Sky going like, if we take those highlights off of Scotland, it'll keep a competitor out of the market. Because let's be honest, they give us very little money. Their coverage is pretty poor. Saying that it was even worse than pretty poor, wasn't it? I think France is right. It definitely looked like it was edited. Or they were only covering certain things or replaying certain things to favour the ref. And they've gone and shown us Cavani outside Celtic Park the day and the periods almost fell off our chairs. <laughs> yeah, oh, Aye. Uh... But then we realised it was archive footage. Now, uh, Pat Burns commenting on YouTube. Best moment of the league season this uh, this season. Seeing the Griff back. What a player. And Gary Doonan goes on to comment. Lee Griff is only 30. If you remember the Martin O'Neill team, most of our big hitters, Henrik Lambert, Sutton Lennon and Jackie, were in their 30s. The year before Lubo and Tom Boyd were 36. Yep. Tom Boyd was almost non-playing captain, wasn't he? When, when you think about that, you know, you've got your, your Scott Brown, you've got this influence. We're talking about the influence of Brown. The fact that we Griff scores and Brown's the first up to uh, pat him on his wee belly and all that kind of stuff right now. Brown, if he moves, if he makes that transition onto the coaching staff, which I think, and I hope that he does, and you imagine Brown going from 36 to 40, whereby Lee Griffiths as a player is going from 31 to 35, that might even aid that. It might even aid Lee Griffiths' playing career. But Griff doesn't have a big frame, does he? No. So you'd, you'd think that he'd be able to play for longer? I think. A well, lot of his game's never been. Guys, kind of. You're right. His, his game's never been based on the physicality of it. It's like someone like Hartson had a lot to carry about with him. If you know what I mean, he was a big guy, wasn't he? It seems the bigger guys struggle to go on longer. You mm-hmm. know, Griff's Griff's a slightly built guy. I would say. Svelte oh, compared yes. to you and me. Well, Svelte compared to me, but I, I think you know why couldn't Griff play to thirty five? I, th- I, d- I definitely th- can see Bruni. I don't see any reason why Bruno couldn't hit 40 in play. Well, see the thing with regards to that, when you're looking at the the focus and the emphasis now on sports science, and when you play for a club like Celtic, the fact that you're going in and you're eating um, a, a very specific diet at the club launch, you've got the facilities, you've got the, the specialists who are able to keep you right and advise you on your conditioning, then I don't think, unless barring serious injury, there's any excuse for any player not to play up to 35 at that level. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, Callum's doing a bit more of his running for him, although Lennon says there's starts to disprove that. But, you know, Bruno was imperious on that part, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. It was orchestrating everything when he came on. No one could live with him. No one was at that level on the part, was he? I mean, Griff had done well when he came on, but I think Brown was head and shoulders above everybody as a footballer. We could see that. And, I genuinely think, you know, that boy could play his 40 easy. As you say, as long as Barry and injury, why not? He's a top-class footballer. He could, no doubt there must have been interest from a, for him in the Premiership at some point when he's decided to stay at Celtic. We've seen him have cracking games against top-class European opposition. Yeah, I, I think he'll be here long-term, which probably there's going to be a load of Celtic midfielders disappointed about. You know, it's already a hard place to get a game. You know, with Cal McGregor, Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one place up for, for grabs there, isn't there? Well, Lawrence, uh, we're coming to the end of uh, part two of our transfer deadline bulletins today, uh, of which there will be four. 
It looks as though we're well on our way to signing Diego Lazolt from AC Milan. That uh, will fill in the left-back um, position that we've been lacking in left-backs all season, really. Where else do you think we're going to strengthen before the end of the fourth bulletin at midnight tonight? Without doubt, we're looking at wingers. So we've been linked with Harry Wilson, the boy from UV, Robert Snodgrass. So I think we're definitely looking at wingers and wingers of high calibre. So I think it'll be another loan. And I could potentially see another loan at left centre half coming in. Celtic will be willing to do that. I think we'll have three in before the end of the transfer window. I think that would be our aim. If we get everything we're going for, I think that's the three positions we'll fill. I asked you earlier if you were to pick one player from the four that keep uh, being mentioned in terms of a departure, who would it be? Do you think we will lose any of those four? I don't think so. Uh, I think the squads, I think they're in a good place. As much as the, everybody in Scottish media is trying to sell, let's, let's narrow it down. Who have they not tried to sell in a Celtic team? Or a Celtic first team squad. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to sell Greg Taylor or anyone else. Yeah, just about everybody's been um, connected or linked to someone. I mean, my big thing again in the next couple of weeks, what we're going to get, Lawrence, is we're going to get some bombshell story to try and uh, unsettle the Celtic side before the, the Rangers game. Well, it's been a few months since we've had a crack crest, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, the media must be itching for it. What's going to be the bombshell story with the crack, crack, crack crest? I don't know, but yeah. You, you, listen, the media will make up something. We've got our, our mole inside Celtic Park story, which I think Lenny and whoever is kind of in charge of things just now have certainly turned up in the, the information. I mean, Harry Wilson, that, that's only bro- broke when it's been confirmed. You know, there wasn't kind of the rumours round about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Everybody knew we were going to sign Turnbull, didn't they? Diego Lazol. I mean, when you look at that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, we actually had um, Stevie Ray coming on to our broadcast and, and recommending him. I don't think it was due to the fact he had heard there, there had been a rumour. And we're right down the line with that deal before it breaks. But Before it breaks in the Scottish mainstream media. And I'll tell you probably why this is. They can either do some work and you know, get their investigative journalism going and use sources or they can just go with the tried and tested Celtic bad Rangers good and bang that out I don't know it's been a while since I've read one of their articles but it couldn't take more than five or ten minutes could it No. and pick up their, their check at the end of the week and I think that's just how poor the general journalism or sports journalism is in Scotland at the moment that they've got a tried and tested Rangers good Celtic bad and they don't really have any interest in breaking or developing sources that are going to give them things like Diego? No, exactly, and they don't get the they don't get that information because of the the relationship or lack of that they have with the club. So, Lawrence, it's been an absolute pleasure again, and uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep getting involved. We'll be back uh, in a couple of hours or an hour with. Kevin Graham, so get involved. Back onto the Axon Transfer Bulletin in an hour's time. Uh, all that's left for me to say, Lawrence Conley, is thank you once again for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Thanks for having me.
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.